All right, welcome back to Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I am pleased to be joined by two of my great friends, uh, Jevin LaFave from the Left Side Heavy podcast and Hayden Barton, friend of the pod, big football guy. Boys, what's going on? What's happening? Young Moolah, baby! <laughs> As he's wearing a Padres jersey. Okay. Yeah, Tatis, kind of mixing it up. Wait, this isn't a baseball podcast? Sorry, my bad. <laughs> We're, yeah, no, that's the whole podcast. We're just talking an hour hey, about the lockout. It, it makes it any better. I got the Speak Your Peace hoodie underneath. Oh, that's Ooh. good. That's yeah. good. Quick plug uh, for the brand. Shout out, much appreciated. Uh, yeah, no, Except we're the, just gonna. The, the sleeves are getting short though. Well, you need to. It? I need to get. I need to get my money back. Yeah, you and many others. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is all baseball. We're just gonna talk about the lockout and why the CBA is important and why the players are getting screwed by the owners. That's yeah. what this pod's about. Exactly. Um, Hayden. Uh, What's new and interesting in your life? What's, what's happening in your world, big guy? Oh, you know, nothing too, too much, realistically. Uh, the reason why the Jimmy Graham jersey's up there is because I got Saints Row right along the top here. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm more or less uh, kind of concerned about the first two uh, right here. And obviously you can't see it, but you can see my finger. That's Michael Thomas. And you got Saints Jimmy Graham. And then over on the right, you got uh, someone who's being uh, in jail right now, I guess you could say. And uh, AK-41. Yeah, Jesus Christ. His, 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 he rhymes with Calvin Amara. Yeah. yeah, I heard the Saints signed a Calvin Amara today, actually, mm. on the practice squad. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not great. Um would you trade all of those jerseys for a Taysom Hill jersey right now? Yes or no? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no. Tra- Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Uh, no, 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 no. It's going to be Jameis Winston. Eli Apple. Oh, Eli Apple, which one? Giants? Saints? Or Saints. Saints. Oh, you no. can find it at the sales rack at Winners. No, he was never put on. <laughs> No, even even at the Saints, like or even in the uh, the dome, they wouldn't offer an Eli Apple jersey. Ever. They were already in clearance by the time he was with the Saints. Like they already had his jersey in clearance by the time he got yeah. there. Signed his contract. They made the jerseys and right on the clearance rack. It's like original price one ten, selling for seventy five. Who says no? Yeah, uh, <laughs> everybody. That, that's yeah. That every and then people still wouldn't buy it. Um, people only get Eli Apple Joe Eli Apple jerseys for like to like kind of mock him just for like jokes <laughs> kind of like how people get kind of like how people get like Louis Erickson jerseys just because he's such a legend in like any way you want to take it no like, those, when they get Eli Apple jerseys they only get it so that when their team does something fucking stupid they can burn their Saints jerseys yeah <laughs> I, I, I like where you're he's going scapegoat I like where you're going there, Jeff. It's like a little like reverse psychology type deal uh, of like, you know, if he actually does something good, then it's like, cool, Eli Apple did something good. But 90% of the time, it's like, I'm going to burn this guy's fucking jersey. Yeah. Fuck this dude. Um, which, you know, that that's that's a real hardcore fan to pay real money to do that. Um, yeah. that, that that's, that's real, real psycho shit. Um Boys, it's Super Bowl week. I'm pumped. I'm ecstatic. Yes, um, this is one of my favorite weeks of the week. Favorite weeks of the year. Do you know that I plan this week before I plan Christmas? Like I know what I'm doing for Super Bowl <laughs> week before I plan what I do like for the holidays with my family. That's how much I love Super Bowl week. Um, it's typically one of the first events of the year, so I hope you plan. That is the American in you, right there. That yeah. is the American in me, but you know. I can't help it. Like I, I just, I love, like, I love that everything Super Bowl stands for. You, 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 you know, you're watching a football game. You're with, hopefully, you're with like friends and family. You know, you're not, you shouldn't be doing anything that day. If you plan on doing something on the day of Super Bowl Sunday, you are a real psycho. Like you are probably a mass murderer. Um, 
just saying. Yeah. This, this might explain why I'm not in a relationship right now, but not <laughs> the point. Um, this year we have the Cincinnati Bengals, the LA Rams. Should be an entertaining game, one would think. I'm going to give you guys a bunch of storylines in this game. I want to go through all these storylines with you as we preview Super Bowl 56. Six, six, 56. Yeah. Um, Hayden had to remind me a couple times on this week's episode. Um, I, 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 I stopped counting after 48. Um, so <laughs> Until the next Seahawks Super Bowl. <laughs> well, until the next time the Seahawks play in a Super Bowl. They haven't, oh, played, in, they haven't played in one since Super Bowl 48. Um, game. Yeah, so – I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, this, this is my reaction. I don't, I don't know. Um, although I will say I, I felt old uh, this week because Richard Sherman uh, did a post for, I believe his son, like, you know, wishing his son like happy seventh birthday. And it's just like, dude, your son was being born the last time the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl. I feel really old with you posting this. Like, this is my, like, <laughs> this kid is not seven years old. Like, this, like it's like Steph Curry's kid. Like, Riley Curry, you are not however old you are. I just remember you when you were interrupting press conferences. Yeah. You, you can't get older. Ah, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to give you some honorable mention storylines that I want to discuss. First, cool. uh, L- L.A. is hosting a Super Bowl for the first time since 1992. That was the Cowboys-Bills game at the Rose Bowl. Second year in a row that the Super Bowl – uh, hosts are in the game. I mean, I guess they had a you know two and thirty-two chance with the Chargers, but the Chargers weren't making it. Um, SoFi Stadium looks really fucking sick. Just this is the second year in a row that it's been open. Looks like an awesome stadium, uh, and, and it's gonna be great having a full stadium this year. Last year we didn't because of COVID. This year we're gonna have a full stadium, even though no mm. casual Joe can actually afford to go to the game because ticket prices are uh, you know impacted by inflation. Um, but it is going to be nice. Or NFTs. Or NFT. <laughs> <laughs> or cr- crypto. You have basically have to like spend a bunch of Bitcoin to go to the Super Bowl nowadays, which yeah. is how that works. Um, so that's, I think that's really cool having a full stadium in LA, the second biggest market in the US. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. This is also an honorable mention, but I think this is an Aaron Donald legacy game. Okay. Probably the greatest defensive player of my generation that I've ever seen. Um, you know, if he doesn't win on Sunday, when does he win a Super Bowl? And one would think that he's going to be an impact, impactful player on Sunday. But we can yeah. talk about that later on. Um, you know, another two other storylines I have. Odell in his first Super Bowl. Sony Michelle going for his second Super Bowl, this time with the Rams. He was with the Patriots when they beat the Rams a few years ago. So. Ironic. Isn't it ironic, said uh, Lonis Morissette. Um, so let's get into my number five storyline of Super Bowl 56. I have Jamar Chase against Jalen Ramsey. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. if this is going to be the for sure matchup that we're going to see. Like, I'm sure there's going to be some zone coverage and, you know, Ramsey's not going to be on him the entire game. But, you know, going back to when the Rams were last in the Super Bowl when they played the Patriots, Aqib Tlaib was on Julian Edelman, the number one pass receiver, for most of the game, like a, a large chunk of the game. So this is the matchup, I think, that's going to be the most – I don't know about the most impactful offensively, but certainly outside of the line of scrimmage, the, the Chase versus Ramsey matchup throughout the game. And – Remember back when we recorded on Jevin's podcast, episode 53, Left Side Heavy, when we did our preview for our fantasy draft. And I took the mock draft. I took Jamar Chase and I got a bit of heat for that because Chase was having a poor preseason. He was dropping balls, didn't had difficulty adjusting to the NFL ball compared to the college ball. And I'm like, and I said at the time, I think this guy will be fine. I don't think he'll be great, but I think he'll be fine. He's better than what he's showing in the preseason. Now, as we make our way into February, this guy gets to go up against Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Jevin, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Your thoughts on first Jamar Chase and his opportunity in getting to play in the big game for the Bengals. 
So Jamar Chase, you bring up the preseason, and I never really kind of believed it that everyone was like, I can't believe they picked him, you know, top five, all that. And I never, yeah, like I didn't really believe that he was going to be a bust, like what people were calling it. But they're just like people in the comments trying to gain likes and traction. But I always thought he was going to be a baller at some point. And what's funny is that despite the unbelievable season he had, he still was up there amongst league leaders and dropped passes, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. He still had the yips when it came to catching the ball, but he capitalized on big play opportunities. So I think this has been a ever since this matchup was like finalized, like this is going to be Super Bowl. I think Ramsey versus Chase was immediately one of the top headlines going into the game. First of all, it was the Bengals O-line, or first of all, two first overall picks going at it, Stafford and Burrow, and then the big D-line from the Rams going against the Cincy's vulnerable O-line, and then Ramsey Chase. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Rams game plan Ramsey with Chase. Like, I don't think he's going to fully, like, stick to his hip because Jamar Chase will probably be switching, calling audibles, end arounds, all that. But I do think that this is a game where McVeigh should just say, fuck the game plan, you you follow Chase wherever he goes. But it's kind of, it's also hard because um, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd have been balling out. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited for it. I I, I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. Hayden, you know, Jalen Ramsey, I, I want to say, has been one of, if not the best corners in the league. Um, he, he, he's, you know, I know you're probably going to say your boy Marshawn Lattimore deserves a little bit of freight. No? Okay. I just, I, you know, just want to make sure. No, but, no. Ramsey, Ramsey is the number one cornerback in this league right now, you know? Yeah. It's and, uh, very apparent that he is. And – you know, this is this is a redemption game, I think, for Ramsey as well. He missed the super missed out on the Super Bowl in 2018 with the Jags when they lost to the Patriots. Um, you know, I'm curious as to know what you think about this, Hayden, about you know Ramsey going up against Chase. He he gives off some like Deion Sanders type vibes, right? Of like you are going to be locked down. I'm going to be on you all game. What are your thoughts about Ramsey heading into his first Super Bowl? You know, he has to stay confident. It's receivers and corners. They have to be thinking that they're the best player on the field. Because if they're not, if they go in with zero confidence, they're going to get torched. You know, Jamar Chase, he's a rookie. He's played in uh, a big game, you know, with Burrow. They kind of know a little bit of the stage where, you know, a lot of these Rams players, for as much as uh, the base core was in 2018, this is almost like a brand new team, you know? And like you said, this is Ramsey's first Super Bowl. I don't think he made it to the national ch- championship, right? Or even, because what, what? Uh, he might have. Ramsey? He, might, he, went he, to, he went to FSU. So yeah, I don't think they. Oh, okay. he might have with, with James. With James. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, then you know what? Like, I know he also has a lot of swagger. I wouldn't say as much as Deion Sanders. He's not. It's not quite it's it's not quite that level, but that feels like the 2022 equivalent of Deion Sanders. It's kind of yeah. what you see with with Jalen Ramsey and the swagger and the that. energy that he's bringing to the field every time he steps on. The only time he doesn't is just his playmaking ability and his ball his ball hawking like ability. He's not someone that goes after the ball. He's someone that locks you down. Because you look at Dion and it's like when he made a play for the ball. He went for the end zone, yeah. you know, and he also – he was the best player on offense and defense sometimes for Atlanta, for Dallas, and San Francisco, even when he was old, you know. So it's just – can Ramsey replicate that? I think he can get to a point, but we'll have to see. I think he's personally going to be, like, shadowing Chase, but I don't think he'll be on him for the whole game. 
I think one of the best things that I've seen Ramsey do was when he was in high school, he would slide into the number one receiver's <laughs> uh, girlfriend's DMs before the game. Yeah. All, all time move. But yeah, yeah you talk about confidence. I've never seen Ramsey not confident in his game. And I forgot to touch on one thing, but one thing I, I've I mentioned this on mine uh, last night that's coming up tomorrow or Wednesday. I don't know when this is coming up, but. T. Higgins was like, just because Ramsey's on the other side doesn't mean we don't have our guy who's at the top of his position as well. He's like, just because Ramsey's going to be on him doesn't mean we're not going to throw to him. We're not going to shy away from our best player just because their best is on him, right? So confidence goes both ways, right? So this could be a, a all-time matchup, but let's hope. And, and, and I mean – I have that as number five storyline, which I think speaks to how the rest of this game is going to go, where you have the best player, the, not the best defensive player, the best corner, probably against the best offensive weapon for the Bengals. It should be a, a, a fantastic matchup to watch. It'll be interesting to see how the Rams decide to cover Cincinnati, whether they go too high, one high, if they're going to go bunch of zone, bunch of man. That's going to be really fascinating. My number four storyline at this year's Super Bowl is the battle of the line of scrimmage. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the Rams defensive line against the Bengals offensive line. It's also the Bengals defensive line against the Rams offensive line too. So I think like there's two, two, there's like a four a 4A and a four B I have where it's both the line of scrimmage line of scrimmages is going to be meaningful in this game. And I think you have when you talk about the line of scrimmage, you have to talk about who on Cincinnati is going to slow down Aaron Donald. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know if they go double team, triple team. Um, Jevin, how do the Bengals' offensive line slow down the Rams' pass rush? It's tough, right? Because you have Donald, and everyone wants to focus on Donald, but then you got Von Miller keeping out on the outside, and he has a tendency of showing up in big moments like he has this playoffs. And I can't lie, but I'm, I'll save it for later. But I, you want to say you want to double each, but then they could just rush more and pour it on. So I think you should throw in like two tight end sets and then double Von and Aaron, and then just protect bro because he can't make plays if he's not on his feet right so <laughs> i say double the two big guys and then maybe th- bring in a fullback for any sort of um pass rush but then also try to utilize some screens if they're just going to be pouring it on maybe dump it off to Mixon or Perriman and they can make some plays in the backfield Perrine sorry i uh screwed that up but I mean, you saw what he did in KC, right? That was a big game, like game-changing play. So I think if they utilize the screen pass and then quick throws, but also just bolster up the pass protection and double the, their two big guns, it's about as best you can do. But it, Like, I, I, I don't think there's any stopping Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. You, you, you can only hope to contain them. Right. Exactly. And, you know, Hayden and I, I remember we were talking about this during the Tennessee Cincy game of like, and that was when Burrow took nine sacks against the Titans defensive line. That's not nearly on the same level, but you know, Hayden and I were talking about like, you know, just a lot of quick game, like just get the ball out, like just get it away from wherever the, you know, point of attack was coming from. And it wasn't great, but they, you could see that there was an effort being made by Zach Hang- Zach Taylor and the Bengals offense. And I, I, I just, I'm curious to see how Cincinnati manage, manages this, you know, the LA pass rush, how they manage those big guys. Um, you know, Hakeem Adeji is the right guard for Cincinnati. He could hear his name called quite a bit purely because he's just getting attacked a lot, but on the flip side, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard will also need to be impactful players for the Bengals to win this game. Hayden, what are your thoughts on the Bengals D line and how can the Bengals get through to get to, Jer- uh, to Matt, uh, Matt Stafford? I was about to say Jared Goff. Good Lord. Uh, Matthew Stafford. How do the Bengals D line get to him? 
I think the Bengals' D-line is severely underrated only for the fact where it's like, oh, yeah, no, we, we probably won't, you know, double-team anyone on that defensive line when that's going to, like, hurt you. If you don't have at least someone chipping off both of those ends, you know, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, both have been proven to be very, very established defensive ends in this whole season. Trey Hendrickson being – uh, third on sacks or, or fourth, somewhere around there. And then Hubbard being a great defensive contain on the outside. And even like when we saw him against uh, Kansas City, he was a spy. And then he jumped the gun and yeah. like got Mahomes and almost strip sacked him. Or he did strip, strip sack him, but almost recovered. So you add that with, uh, I think it's DJ Reader. And Hill in the middle, like, I know they lost their, like, main defensive tackle uh, about a month and a, and a bit ago, but they they can't be overshadowed because if they – if the Rams don't focus at least, you know, wherever they're going to that side and they don't focus their protection, it's going to bite them in the ass. I think Hendrickson and Hubbard, I could be completely wrong, but I think according to PFF, Hendrickson and Hubbard are like top five pass rush or um, pressure rate, excuse me, top five in pressure rate this postseason, Um, which, you know, some guys thrive under the pressure. Some guys are, are, you know, Joe cool when it comes to pressure, but that is something that I think will be talked about and discussed on Sunday is if the Bengals D line can create some havoc and cause some pressure for Stafford, um, you know, get vertical. If they can get through, get vertical, get into the backfield, it, it will cause some issues. You know, neither team, I don't think has a real intimidating run game. Like not to say that Sony Michelle or Joe Mixon are bad running backs. I'm just not really intimidated. I wouldn't be threatened by either team's run game. So I don't know if they're, you know, if somebody's going to try and use, you know, play action to throw off a D lines, but I am excited to see how each team goes at the opposing team's D line. Cause that the line of scrimmage, you know, they talk about how the game's won in the trenches. This is a game that's going to be won in the trenches on Sunday. Um, and hell, both teams might do really good in the line of scrimmage and somebody's still going to lose. Might have another one of those overtime games. And, you know, people are going to be upset about that. Um, I'm going to go to my third storyline in this game that I wanted to discuss. And that's Sean McVay coaching in the second Super Bowl. 55 and 26 regular season record, a six and three postseason record since being hired by the Rams in 2017. McVay's offense has been in the top 10 in yards every year. He's been a head coach except last year. And his offense has evolved from the last time they were in a Super Bowl where they, you know, led on led. They were led by Ted Todd Gurley in the running game and now it's more of a passing game and Stafford they traded picks to get him now they're leaning on Stafford Hayden I'll go to you first does McVay have to win this game for for a bit of a legacy like to define himself as a top the top even NFL head coach oh yeah you can say that about McVay and even Zach Taylor you know like more or less with McVay because he's been in this situation before and it's going to be like Aaron Rodgers, you know, and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship. Are the Rams the, the new team to choke under pressure? There's a lot of teams in the NFC that, you know, choke in big moments. You know, obviously me being a fan of one of them. It's, uh, yeah, for McVay, it's good because he's so young and he's like already a really established head coach. It's just... If he doesn't win this one, I think the bigger question is going to be why Why didn't we win this one? You know, they're clearly a favorite. They clearly have the better team. And if they don't win this and end this season on a high note, you're going to have to go into next year with so many free agents uh, and, like, so many questions about what are you going to do? Does Odell resign? Does Vaughn Miller resign? Do you get everyone on the offense to – come back and run it back one more time or just Whitworth, like their lineman Whitworth, does he retire? He's 40 fucking years old, <laughs> you know? So McVay, 
I wouldn't say he needs this to really establish himself, but it would be the perfect foundation of uh, really like cementing him into a long time tenure of the Rams. Well, it's interesting because his influence cannot be denied in the league. Like he was the start of like the, the young hiring for coaches. Like we've seen with Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor himself. Um, you know, you see it with Jed Fish at the University of Arizona. Jevin, why can why is McVeigh going to win this game for the Rams? Why why is McVeigh going to win this game? And how does this impact his legacy? after this season well how he's gonna win this game is that he's gonna stop trying to get too cute like he has in the past because what he's had a problem with is that the Rams have been getting momentum driving down the field and then he tries these double end around screen passes that they get caught up in the backfield. Next thing you know, it's second and 14. The momentum swung to the defense. So you saw that set, that third down play when they tried to pass it off to Cam Akers in the backfield. And then I'm pretty sure like Bosa or even Fred Warner like ate him up. And McVay like pat himself on the chest. He's like, that's my bad. Because whenever they get up, they tend to do that kind of stuff where they think they can afford it. And next thing you know, the opposing team is getting back in the game. So I think that he's just going to keep either handing it off to Akers or Michelle, getting those tough yards and just going at what their strength is. Like who is realistically going to guard Cooper cup? Because I know Eli has been having a good year and I know Jesse Bates is a good ball Hawk, right? I'm not saying he isn't, but I just think Cooper Cup is a mismatch. So I just think you got to stick to your guns. Don't back down. And yeah, I think this is this going to create a simple game plan for their stars. And I think it's going to work out. And as for his I, legacy, I think it's just, a, it just, it's a taking three steps instead of one. Cause I already think he has solidified himself as a top coach in the league. He's proven that he can get to the big stage. It's just a matter of capitalizing. And if, and when he does capitalize this weekend, then I think people will be taking him much, much more seriously amongst head coaches. I have in my notes here, uh, Cooper cup versus Eli Apple sounds like an illegal matchup. Um, that, that, that sounds this, unfair. That's a hate crime right there. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you see all the videos of like whatever Cooper cup does to Eli Apple, you know, during Super Bowl is going to be a crime on in black history month. Like that's, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. People really, people really don't have that much faith in Eli Apple. Um, and, uh, by the way, since I just said, if, and when everyone listening, go bet Bengals, uh, covering and money line because chances are now Bengals are going to absolutely blow the Rams out of the water. So just a uh, bet. <laughs> now that you gave this whole speech on the Rams, McVeigh sucks. Go. He's going to go, he's going to get fired. Is everything's just going to go downhill? <laughs> go, go bet the Bengals. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I was because I was thinking about, I was kind of trying to grapple with this for like the last week of like. His reputation will take a bit of a hit, but at the same time, if he loses, it's to Zach Taylor, who was in the Rams organization before he went to Cincinnati too. So like, doesn't that mean like something of like one of his guys is going to go, you know, formerly of the Rams, he can kind of claim like a half Super Bowl then. No, um, I think so. I think that's how it works. Yeah. It's funny and, how like, Bill Belichick's coaching tree. No one's met him in the Super Bowl. Shots fired. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. Um, anyways, also, you know, there's no Wade Phillips to be the Rams DC in this game. It's Raheem Morris. And, you know, there's a lot of talk in the last people like, well, Wade Phillips is going to slow down Tom Brady, which they did. I mean, they only gave up like 13 points, which isn't bad in a football game, but it's like you kind of need to score more than three. Um, yep. That That's that's Ian's hardcore uh, analysis right there. Score more than three points and you'll win a game. Sign them. ESPN, where are you at? 
Give yeah. him Romo money. I I should be on a show with Mina Kimes and all those, you know, Dan Orlovsky and all those ESPN people. I should be on NFL Countdown. Providing that Booger McFarlane analysis. Pretty much, yeah. Back to Jones. Because they need to score. Yeah. <laughs> It's me, it's me calling the games like, Al, if I'm the Bengals down by seven, I drive down the field and score a touchdown and tie it before the clock runs out. Now that they ran it in for six, they can do one of two things. They can either go for <laughs> two or they can be safe and kick the extra point. It's like with thanks. a whole half left to play in the game. I think it's smart. <laughs> thanks, Booger. <laughs> Uh, second, my number two storyline in this game, my second storyline out of all is Matthew Stafford in his first Super Bowl. He's 34 years old, made his first conference championship game two weeks ago against San Fran. Drafted first overall in 2009. Other players taken in the 2009 draft include Mark Sanchez, who went fifth overall to the Jets. Malcolm Jenkins, who went 14th overall to the Saints. The other quarterback drafted in the first round, Josh Freeman. He went 17th to New Orleans. And just for just for fun, Pat McAfee went 222nd overall to the Indianapolis Colts. Wait, in New Orleans had two picks in the first round? Uh, no, Freeman went 17th to Tampa. Did I say he went oh, to New Orleans? Yeah, you said New yeah. Orleans. Was like, oh, sorry. I'm an idiot. Legend uh, move. Yeah. Uh, McAfee went to Indianapolis in the seventh round. Stafford had, I think, an overall good year. He had a bit of a up and up and down, like iffy November, but like great, great start, and then tailed off near the end, and then picked it back up. He, he hot at the right time is like the obvious cliche of like, oh, if you're gonna get to the Super Bowl, you gotta get hot at the right time. And Matthew Stafford <laughs> is, you know, caught fire at the right time. He just has to hold a lead, and then make it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, don't go down 10 to San Francisco at home. Um, some would argue that wasn't even a home game. Um, <laughs> it was true. It was uh, most passing yards in a season he had this year since 2012. He had 4,886. Also led the league in interceptions with 17. Now, Jevin. Yep. Do you think Matthew Stafford is ready for? I mean, prime time, sure, but the big game. Is Matthew Stafford going to be ready for the big game on Sunday? Yeah. You, you, you believe it in him? Lock yeah. it in, yeah. Yeah. I do think he's ready. I think he knows what's at stake for him because people were saying he's, like, give Stafford a good team and he'd have, like, give Stafford Rodgers Packers and he has two rings. Like, there's always these hypotheticals given with Stafford, right? And he's always been labeled as the most underrated quarterback in the league, which in doing so made him properly rated because so many people were calling him underrated. But I think he knows what his legacy is at. I think if he wins the Super Bowl, then I think it's cements him in the hall, in my opinion. But if the if he loses, then like is he an afterthought is he just too overhyped is he overrated now so i think he's going to be ready he knows what's at stake he knows that this isn't a given to get to the super bowl right it doesn't happen all the time so he'll be ready i i i would hope so this is like one of those feel good stories that you you kind of want to see him win the super bowl it's kind of like what i mentioned with aaron donald earlier where it's like if mm-hmm. he doesn't win the super bowl now then when yeah. um you know, I'm a I'm a little bit concerned about his matchup against like the Bengals secondary. I, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, Hayden, do you have any concerns about Stafford going up against Cincinnati's defense? You just said it. It's <laughs> it's their secondary. You know, their secondary uh, Cincinnati's is so much more uh, on a different level than what I would say San Francisco's was not only was San Francisco's just battered and like put through the ringer, but we, if, if Jaquiski Tart gets that interception, we might be talking about Cincinnati 49ers, you know, like I said this on Jeb's podcast and it's true. Like Stafford's good for a pick a game, you know, and he should have had 
multiple in that last game. You know, all it took was just one bad drop. And I think that's what's going to really hurt them. Like a bad decision, taking a deep shot when you don't really need to, and just like throwing it to a receiver underthrown or completely to the one side when he's not over uh, to a different side, whatever. But it's like, I, I would say Joe Burrow is more ready for this game than Matthew Stafford. Sure. Only because uh, Joe Burrow has played in a huge game an absolute huge game, you know, like they have, uh, what is it? Like Stafford has, uh, the same amount of wins as Joe Burrow does in the playoffs, <laughs> right? Like yeah, for a whole career, they're both at three. So it's that's not on Stafford, though. Come on now. Oh no, it's definitely not on Stafford. Yeah, it's so you can you can I'm throw just, that you can throw that out the window then. But I'm just saying, it's like I I, I don't know. It's just something about Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is more ready than Stafford is. And, you know, Stafford really needs to make sure that in order to win this game, he has to be perfect. I have in my notes here, 11 years with Detroit all leads to this. Um, like he that, was 0-3 in the playoffs and now he's 500. So, like, once he's actually given a fucking opportunity in the playoffs, he's taking advantage of it. Once yeah. he's not on the Lions. Um He's and, he's been the quarterback for the two best wide receiver seasons of all time. So you can just yeah. put that in put that in the label. So I think he'll be ready. I think if the Rams win the Super Bowl, they need like four to six really good offensive drives. Like I, I kind of feel like quarter killers, like eight minutes. Yeah, like 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 keeping Burrow off the field. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what I think because that's what Cincinnati's strength is, it's Joe Burrow. I feel like if you're the Rams, you need to have like four to six really strong offensive drives, scoring points, or just keeping Cincinnati's defense on the field for way longer than they should be. And that will help them get to victory. Mm-hmm. And this is all going to be led by the big acquisition in the offseason, Matthew Stafford. And if, if the Rams win and Stafford does well, it might change the way we look at how we trade for quarterbacks in the offseason as well. Like, cause now we're, you know, we're, we're expecting a big, you know, quarterback carousel, of all this movement. Stafford kind of set the market a bit last year. We'll see if it changes this offseason if he wins. Yeah. And finally, my top storyline heading into the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are in the big game, are back in the big game for the first time since 1988. Back in the big game. (laughs) Back in the big game. The Bengals are back. Cincinnati is in the Super Bowl. A few years later. (laughs) (laughs) Many more years later. (laughs) Yes, that sound. That sound exactly (laughs) describes the Bengals in the NFL getting back to the Super Bowl. Burrow led the league this year in completion percentage. Average yard for pass. Sacks. He had 51 sacks this year. He, but he did set franchise records. He played both for... sides of the ball. What? Yeah, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. This is what this is what the you know the liberal media doesn't want you to know. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mo- mo- most passing yards in a season for the set of franchise record for the Bengals. Most passing touchdowns in a season. Highest passer rating in a season. He's been on this kind of you know upward roller coaster since about 2019 for the most part outside of the acl injury last year dude is the swaggiest dude of 2022 Mm -hmm. you know last year was jack harlow 2020 was tyler hero little dicky little dicky's on that list somewhere down the line yeah joe burrow is kind of crushing it right now and if he win if he wins this game if joe burrow drags the Bengals from mediocrity to Super Bowl champions. You could almost argue he should just retire because that's just the peak of, you know, football. Like, just, like, in three years, making this team successful. Yeah, 100%. So, Jevin, what what does Joe Burrow got to do to win this game on Sunday? Well, 
I mean, he's filled with confidence. I mean, like his the season that you just rattled off for him, it's just crazy because he threw for like a fifth or like a quarter of his season totals in like the final like two weeks of the season. He threw for like 980 yards and like nine touchdowns in two games. It's like, okay. <laughs> Sweet. (laughs) Sounds good. Getting hot at the right time, I'll tell you. (laughs) So I think Burrow, I mean, you can argue like this is like all like skill, like this is him. But like, I think he has to make quicker decisions and I think his receivers got to help him out. I know the average depth of target or average pass attempt, whatever. I know it's like, it's around like nine yards, is it not? Yeah. But I think you got to shorten that up. You know, really don't look for a first down every play. Try to take it two to three plays to move the chains because just as much as the Rams need to keep Burrow off the field, you also got to keep the Rams offense off the field. And utilize the run game. Mixon's been having a good year and the Rams don't necessarily have a great run defense. So I think Burrow's got to... You know, I I think he is the type of person to not play for Super Bowl MVP. He's going to play the win in the game regardless of how he does it. So I think he is going to be disciplined and make the right decisions to chip away at first down, keep them off the field, utilize the run game, and then every once in a while stretch the field with Tier Jamar. So I um I really think it's going to be a good game, and that's I think Burrow just has to keep it simple you know it's funny you mentioned playing for super bowl mvp it's why i have you know burrow and stafford as my number one and two storyline because the quarterback just always seems to be the biggest storyline in the super bowl whether they play well like patrick mahomes didn't exactly light up the world when he was in the super bowl when he won against the 49ers but he still got mvp because that there was no one else really to give it to but you know this would be Speaking of legacies, because this is what the Super Bowl is, it defines legacies, it cements, you know, who you are. This would be an all-timer for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I remember we, when we talked on your podcast not too long ago about what do the Bengals need to do? How do the Bengals keep going? Because I none of us none of us thought the Bengals were going to be in a Super Bowl. No, not at all. And it, it was like, how, how did, what do you do after here? Like, what do you, where do you go from here? And it's like, now they're going to go win a Super Bowl. Now they can, they have the opportunity to go win a Super Bowl. And you might, again, you might never get the opportunity to do this again. So take advantage while you can. Um, Hayden, I guess my follow-up with Burrow is, you know, do you pressure him? You throw, do you, do you, you know, throw zone at him and try and make him, you know, read coverage? What, what, is there a way to stop Joe Burrow? Is there a way to shut him down? I think there is. It's pressure. You know, it's it's pressure, and then it's the DBs have to do their assignment. You know, there's a lot of firepower, and there's a lot of ways that this offense can, you know, like, smack you in the face. You know, you send too much pressure, boom, you get bombed on a dump off. You know, it's like, okay, you play zone cool, we'll just take what you're giving us. We'll play underneath. We'll get whatever we need, you know, because they have that ability. But as much as it's, like, just a shock, you know, the Tennessee Titans did sack him nine times. Should they have won? I don't think so. I don't I don't think the Bengals should have won. How are you going to get sacked nine times and still pull it win? Obviously, it's just Tannehill throwing three picks, but – I don't like you have to you have to make sure that Burrow just always feels constant pressure so that he always has to you know feel like he's in desperation mode if they get up quickly and they make him feel like he has to make the big play I feel like that's where he's gonna have a little bit of mistakes but even even as I'm saying that I'm just I'm I'm thinking to myself like he's cool he's collected he'll run for a first down you know he'll take what the defense gives him he knows what to do so it's just I don't know every every player on the Rams needs to have their best game of the life for defenders 
And there's no way around there's no way around saying that they can't because they can beat you so many ways. Joe Mixon is an established running back one this year. And next year, like, I don't know if you guys have looked at the Bengals cap space, but they have cap space. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you heard, but Gronk really likes Joe Burrow. So, hey. Fuck Gronk's that. F- keep using my there. Keep keep uh, or Yuzma or Yuzama, however you want to say his name. That guy's a fucking hero in Cincinnati. I mean, I Gronk, Gronk also doesn't hurt, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just his price tag, right? Cast face him to a one-year 10 mil. Pricey. I think Gronk. I'd retire. I think I'd retire before I lived in Cincinnati. <laughs> Fair. But also, Hayden, to bring to your point, since he's playing with house money, and obviously you've made it this far, they're obviously going to try to win and not like try and like screw the pooch, but they're playing with house money. They just like they don't, I think the Rams have all the pressure and like that I think is unanimously known that the Rams have all the pressure riding on them. Bengals, no one expected them to make the playoffs. Yeah. I was not people today. I don't know how many people had the Bengals even winning four fucking games. Yeah. And they won their division. So they're playing with house money. They're just going to go out there and fucking sling it. And they're, they're just going to, I think they're going to play uh, – I think it's going to be a really good game on both sides. It's, it's funny, like, we talk about being cool. Like, what stands out to me is just against when they were playing the Raiders, when they were hosting Vegas in, in Wild Card Weekend. And Burrow just – whenever there's pressure on him, just easy out route to chase or easy comeback or just easy dump. Like, never it never seemed to bother him. He always just seemed to know where the guy was that he was going to be throwing to. And granted, like the Raiders secondary is not that great. And it's certainly the Raiders defense is not on the same level as the Rams, but that dude was just eat. Like he was just chill. He was just making all the right plays. And that's the kind of energy I'm looking for. That's the kind of just like prepared, ready to go, making all the plays you need to make. And it's not a problem. Um, we're going to do some prop bets here. I, I want to get some, you know, a couple betting, you know, predictions from you guys. Joe Burrow is plus 270 to win the MVP. Um, you know, we don't promote gambling on here, but here are some bets that we would make <laughs> if we were going to gamble a whole bunch of money. Um, you know. Damn, that Christmas Day parlay, huh? That was just a gut punch. <laughs> It sucks to suck, as I tell people. It, 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 it blows. Um, yeah, so your MVPs right now, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, you got Stafford at plus 120, Burrow at plus 230, Cup at plus 550, Donald, Donald at plus 1600, Chase plus 2500. Is there anybody that you guys like to win MVP? That you, if you had to put 10 bucks on to win MVP, who would it be? Aiden knows my answer. Yeah, and Jeff knows my answer too. Okay, uh, should I not spoil then? Because you guys also have a podcast that you're doing. I should mention. Oh no, it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah, no, okay, that's fine. Because um, I think I would put my money on Donald to to get MVP. And so I put a couple bucks on a few guys on LA. Okay, I put ten bucks on Stafford to win twenty. Because I think if the Rams win. He has the highest chance of winning. I put two bucks mm-hmm. on Donald. I also threw two bucks on Von Miller. Ooh, that's actually not a bad. That's not a bad play. Two bucks on Von Miller to win eighty-two dollars. He's forty-one to one, and he's won MVP before when he was the focal point of that defensive line. Mm-hmm. Now he's not the focal point of that defensive line, but he's been balling this off this uh, playoffs. He showed up in Tampa. He was still a force against San Fran. He has a knack for showing up in big games. His attention, most of the attention is probably going to be on Donald, stopping the inside. And he's DNs tend to excel more than D tackles. And that offensive line is vulnerable. So threw a little action on Von Miller. To, All right. To, you know, steal some big game moments. And if the offense is kind of like, 
um, Rams Patriots when Patriots won 10 3 or 13 to 3. And like neither quarterback played well. Edelman won the game on 130 yards receiving. Like when you know that's the MVP, you know, it was like a terrible game. Mind you, Edelman came up clutch, but come on, like that's any other production that's not going to win it. So I think Von Miller, if he shows up, why not, man? Why not? I don't mind that. I don't mind that, actually. Hayden, uh, do you have a, an MVP pick that you like? Oh, yeah. I'll I'll give out, like, some fun ones. I think with the Rams, if it's going to be anyone, uh, I would throw the most confident money on Cooper Cup. But since – Yeah, I, Ryan, I, I like Cup, too. Yeah, since in – terms, In terms of value as well. Exactly. Best. Exactly. Yeah. Since – I'm mostly staying towards the Cincinnati side and just knowing, you know, uh, what we were talking about earlier with in the trenches. I like my guy, T-Hex, Trey Hendrickson. You know, if this guy turns it on, because I'm pretty sure he's going up against Whitworth. Uh, so it's just like if he, the same way that Jeb was saying about Von Miller, if he turns it on and he's, He's in there for two and a half sacks, you know, maybe a strip fumble because it seems like he gets one in very big third down situations. And even the same, you you can make the same case for Sam Hubbard too. Those are, those are like my, I would put five bucks on each of them just for fun. And then the safe one for me would be Cooper cup. If I had to go with the safe like Rams play. I, I think if I had to go, yeah, for LA, I would probably go Donald. I like the uh, the long shot pick there. Um, Cup's probably a safe pick. Cincinnati, I think I would just go Burrow and play it safe. Um, but I like that you went with your guy Hendrickson. That's that's a, that's a bold strategy that I can appreciate. Well, even so, it's just like D Lyman get a lot of credit and love for even just like pressure. Yep. Like applying pressure to the QB. If like if he's the reason that Stafford throws a pick, then like people are going to be turning their attention to that, and it's a big reason. So I like the Trey Hendrickson pick because a lot of people value pressures more than sacks. It's like yeah. you're you're getting there, and because sometimes you put the pressure on the quarterback, but someone else gets the sack. They run right into someone else, right? So Trey Hendrickson can cause some havoc. So I like that pick, Hade. Um, anytime touchdown scores, if you had to pick one player from each team, anytime TD scores, who would you go with? I'll, I'll give mine first. I'm going to go with Burrow. He's got a plus 650. Um, run it in. Court. Yeah, to run, run it in, run it in, or get a receiving touchdown, a, a, a Cincy special. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I think like Copper, like Chase, or like Mixon is like. This is probably like top three, four, but I'm going to go one. And I talked about this. I think this is going to happen. I think Van Jefferson is going to catch like a 70 yard bomb. I think he's just going to like spring free out of like a busted coverage. And he's just going to snag one deep. Plus 300, according to FanDuel. That's also not a bad uh, prediction. I guess if I had to do a if I had to do a Rams anytime touchdown, you know what? I'm gonna go with Kendall Blanton sidebar because I had to pick up a tight end in one of my other fantasy leagues this year. I had to pick up a tight end due to a COVID scare uh, on the like in the last um, few weeks of the year. And Blanton, I think, was playing the Monday night game. That might have been when they were playing the Cardinals. And I had to pick up Blanton because he was the only available tight end that was left playing that week. <laughs> And I almost won that game because of Bland getting like three catches. And I'll be honest, Kendall Bland definitely sounds like a reliever for the Colorado Rockies, but <laughs> I, take him to get an anytime touchdown. That would be my pick for the Rams. Hayden, anytime. Es- especially with Higby kind of being a little bit hampered. You never know. In the red zone, catch a little tight end screen. Who knows, man? Little little fade, maybe. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the mismatch is the Eli Apple Kendall Blanton uh, fade that you know no one's Match talking up. about now. Matchup yeah. of the century. 
like they that, that, that's that's what a that's what a hundred million Americans are excited to watch this Sunday is Eli Apple versus Kendall Bland. Damn. On network and, television. Hey, what about you, bud? Well, I'll give you like a little one too. I like an anytime touchdown to happen uh in between the one and a half yard line. Ooh. Yeah, I heard that one on uh, a gambling podcast today. And I was like, I like that one, you know, because there's so many ways that you can get a PI in the end zone, you know, especially with Chase, the type of ball hawk he is, and T. Higgins. I could very well see that happening and then just Joe Burrow sneak it in. But at any time touchdown, I like C.J. Uzama. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, like, it, the video just came out, but uh, for, the, for the, like, the little prep rally that they were doing in uh, the jungle, C.J. Uzama – he has his like brace on and he unclips all three things and he throws that fucking brace right out of the way and the whole crowd was lit. So he, you know, that's since the money line that, yeah, okay. Right? Fuck. Like, Uzama is ready for this game and yeah. Joe Burrow, like it, they have a connection in the red zone. You know, he has like seven or eight touchdowns. I'm pretty sure this year, or like, no, maybe not seven or eight, maybe like, I don't five. think so. He would have been like not a waiver wire guy. Yeah, no, yeah. So he has, and and he's been really, really serviceable in these mm-hmm. playoff games. Yeah, you know, he makes the clutch third down catch. So I like CJ Uzama uh, anytime touchdown, and then I I would do a defensive touchdown on one of these. Eli Apple. No. <laughs> hey, hey, Hayden. Put your money where your mouth is. Von Bell, pick six over the middle. I'll do that. I, I think you should do a uh, you know a fan duel, same game parlay of Hendrickson MVP and uh, anytime touchdown Bengals D, and it's Hendrickson who who gets the. Uh... If Hendrickson got like the strip sack scoop score, MVP right there. I don't care if Joe Burrow throws for four hundred fucking yards and two touchdowns. Hendrickson with that uh, strip sack and. Uh, fumble scoop score that'd be fucking sick. Did you guys hear about the TJ Watt bet? Oh, um, I think you told. I think you told. I think I was gonna say. I think you guys. I think one of you guys told me this last time I was on your podcast. Yeah, someone bet a uh, Watt I'm, to I'm score a touchdown. Face. Someone bet yeah. a Watt to t- score a touchdown, but they bet Derek instead of TJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that. That that's uh, that's brutal. That's a kick um, in the nuts. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I have my official pick yet to win the game. I still am like a bit torn. I, I'm leaning towards the Rams right now, even though we talked about all these reasons why Cincinnati's going to win. You know, Uzama doing like a wrestle, you know, that wrestling meme where like the guy looks like he's in the wheelchair with the brace, but he actually just got a blanket over it. So he just throws the blanket off and then just stands up. I don't know who the wrestler is, but that's what Uzama's doing. Um, look, looking on FanDuel here. You know, Rams 23, the Bengals 10. I like those odds. Same, you got the same odds with Rams 23, Bengals 13. Kind of like those odds. Um, you know, Rams 24, 19. Is this going to be a weird score game? It kind of feels like a weird score game, doesn't it? I really hope it's a score gami. That would be if, yeah, if, kiss. If, hasn't like three out of like the last eight been a score agami or something there's like been that. more and more i honestly like that would be if there even is a bet for that but there's been a ton of score agamis there, this year like there across bets for it being a score agami across all sports there's been like a ton of score agamis so like score agamis are hot this year boys Let's throw mm-hmm. a little action on that yep there's also uh 25 to 1 odds that there will be a power outage <laughs> That's that's where all the de- de- degenerates funnel to. Are those uh, are those prop bets? Yeah, yeah. we're right. betting we're we're betting over on the national anthem, obviously. Oh my! Uh, God. How many outfit changes will Mary J. Blige have? <laughs> I remember I did that one last year at the weekend. Yeah, and then actually, Ian, I, I was telling Jeb this, but uh, Eminem pulling up in a Detroit Lions Matthew Stafford jersey. Makes sense. 
Yeah, Makes right. Sense. Like that'd be fucking sick. And then Jeff was saying, because we were adding it on on his podcast last night, but Snoop Dogg pulling up in an Aaron Donald jersey or you know, a Cooper Cup or Matt Stafford. What well, isn't Snoop Dogg isn't Snoop Dogg like old Drake and like he cheers for a bunch of different teams? Yeah, he Whoa. is. He is because he's cheered for the New Orleans Saints like a couple years ago. And then on Sunday Night Football this year, he had a Bucks jersey. I think he, I think he's rooted for the Steelers before. Yeah, he's done that. He voted for the Ravens. He had a Lamar Jackson jersey. I feel I'll like he, I feel like he will have an LA jersey on because he's been like working for the NHL with the Kings. So I mean, not only is he from LA though, or from Long Beach. Yeah, true. You know what? I wonder if there's a stat out there right now that whatever jersey he's worn, the team has won. Like the other team has won. Because obviously on the Sunday night game, that's the most recent one that I can think of. Obviously, New Orleans won nine nothing against Tampa. Is it? Isn't that the? Uh, isn't that like Belichick had like the hoodie record going for a while? The gray hoodie. It was, well, it was like blue hoodie or gray hoodie or like red Reebok or something like way back, and it's just like. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh... The white jerseys, since like this record has been like keeping track, the white jerseys are like 14 and three in the Super Bowl. I could have the record wrong, but I think since it's been keeping like track, since they've been like tracking it, I think the white jerseys are 14 and three and Rams are white this year. So makes you wonder. There's a stat for everything, hey. That's just like, I think, (laughs) I think my point is that there's. There's someone the premise of your bet. Oh, yeah, the Rams are wearing white this year, so I'm betting everything on the Rams. Well, there's those fucking assholes who are out there who go to the March Madness brackets and they're like, who has the cutest point guard? And it's like they win the entire thing. No, 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 no. That's the girlfriend who doesn't know. No, exactly. Any of the teams. So it's like, oh, I like this name and it's Cornell is going to go win March Madness. It's like, no, an Ivy League school is not winning March Madness. Sorry. My my buddy, his sister bet the playoffs on who had the best helmets. And I think she beat everyone. Yeah. So you see, it's all good. I was also telling you about like that other one woman, Jeb, where in the fantasy draft, her first two picks, Ian, Josh Allen, Harrison Butker. Nice. <laughs> she won the league. Nice. Like, what the hell? Hey, kickers right. get the most points. They should be a top pick. It's crazy. All right. Jeb is going to do money ball kickers in fantasy football next year. Yo, Hayden, one thing I do want to do, I want to do the punters. I want, to punters. I want to do punters too. Point one yards for every yards punted for like net yards, and then like extra five for like inside the ten, mm-hmm. minus two for outside the twenty. Yep. Touchback is like minus three. Minus three, yeah, Elite. that'd be fun. Boys, that's a podcast. Mucho Love gracias. It. Thank you for coming on. Greatly appreciated. Um, any final words? Any final thoughts? Bengals. Overtime, 30 to 27. Calling it now. Ooh. I'll go Rams uh, 31 to 28. I already said it on mine, so I'll double down. I'll go Rams 28-16. Interesting. 16. 16. Interesting. I hope uh, McPherson, isn't that his name? Their Mm -hmm. kicker. Hopefully he doesn't miss a kick. That was another storyline I forgot to put in there. He doesn't miss. Funny Mac. He's not going to miss. Well, no. you were shitting. Hayden, you were shitting on him early when you came on my podcast earlier in the year for like, oh, if he just made kicks against Green Bay, they would have won that game. Okay, but that's so true. He missed like three fucking kicks. <laughs> Ever since then, he's like, he's like, you know what? I'm taking this seriously now. And he must have heard me. He must have well, heard because I'm a huge fan of Money Mac now. Uh, I believe he's a former Florida Gator. And as we all know, Florida people are built different. Um <laughs> Aguero, what what's his name? He was in a Roberto Aguayo, Roberto Aguayo, isn't it? Yeah, Aguayo wasn't he like a FSU kid, and yeah. he was like the best college kicker in college history, and then he couldn't last a year on the Bucks. No, not at all. <laughs> he Sucked ass. Literally every single kick. He couldn't even make it on the Bears. I think yeah. he tried out for the Bears too, and he couldn't make it with them. Well, he's he's been passed around more than a joint. Cool. Jevin, uh, do you want to plug your uh, your stuff here before we head out, man? I would love to. Um, Go for it. 
Yeah, you guys can catch my podcast on everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, follow at Left Side Heavy underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Left Side Heavy. Uh, post video podcast there, and I was on a roll with posting clips as well, but I kind of, I kind of died off quick. Like, but... like me, I I've, I've been caught up in my shit, so I haven't had the free time I thought I would. Yeah, exactly. But my personals, you can find them through the uh, podcast pages. But yeah, left. Uh, left side heavy underscore on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and left uh, side heavy on YouTube. Hayden, are you going to promote the Jimmy Graham show? Is that going to be your thing? You and Jimmy Graham should do a show together. I would watch that. Oh my god, I he's actually replied to a comment of mine. I don't wow. know. I don't know if you were following me back then, but he's also liked uh, like two things of mine where I've like commented saying like, "Oh, at the Jimmy Graham." You know, and uh, yeah, he's Jimmy funny. Graham. This Matt Nagy's a bum. Fire him. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but no, actually, one of the one of the most starstruck I've ever been was uh, the NFL posted a clip of Calvin Johnson getting double teamed by two New Orleans players. Mm. And I commented saying at the Jimmy Graham knows this feeling too. dot dot dot. And he replied to me with the 100 emoji <laughs> and Dude, I've never been more starstruck in my life because I, I posted on my story right away. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> so you guys are just boys now. Honestly, we, we should be. You know, I'm, I try to get in contact with him. My agent just can't, you know, mess with his. And I think the flying planes in Miami. So. so weird. Whenever I try to reach out to him, there's just like no service. I, I don't understand it. He's not following only me. He has zero yeah. followers. Exactly. Well, when I re- when I reach out to him, like you know, his people are like, "Hey, if we want to get in contact, we'll talk to you. We'll get we'll we'll call you if we want to get in contact." <laughs> and I just haven't heard back since. It's been like five years now. But like, we you should know. actually both email the agents and say we would really love for Jimmy Graham to hop on the podcast. Both big fans of his uh, from past- love planes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could ask him a bunch of pilot questions. Exactly. <laughs> bunch of aviation stuff all right uh boys thank you very much for doing this uh i got a busy week i'm gonna be in Kelowna for super bowl weekend i got a bunch of shit going on this weekend so be on the lookout for that. That. I'm, i might post on instagram about all the stuff i'm doing too i might actually take the time to do that that would be cool Can't um wait. until then we'll be back soon we also got another podcast this week uh we're doing an nba trade deadline recap podcast not with Jevin and Hayden, obviously, mm. but you guys can all check that out on Friday. Until then, we'll be back soon. Peace out.